a podcast where we sit down with everyday Americans and hear their extraordinary stories. I'm your host, Deborah Drucker. Come along with me as we discuss those things that we were always told not to talk about. Politics, religion, and more. I promise you'll be inspired and have your mind opened by the end of this episode. Well, it was kind of cold that night. She stood alone on the balcony Yeah, she could hear the cars roll by Out on 441 Like waves crashing on the beach Hello everyone and welcome to Democratic. Today on Democratic, we will be hanging out with Stephen Slydog Chu. <laughs> Stephen is a lifelong surfer, an artist, a DJ, and a partner and creative director for the wine brand Purple Corduroy. Let's get to know what makes Stephen the sly dog that he is. <laughs> How are you doing today, sly dog? Fantastic. Thanks for having me over. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I know you're in Laguna Beach now, and you're a local for a long time, but where are you originally from? Laguna Beach. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And who did you grow up with? Uh, I grew up in North Laguna, you know, around on Jasmine Street. And, uh, yeah, there was a really good gang of kids around there. Um, Eric Nelson, Frogger, and his brother, Chad Nelson, who actually runs the the Surfrider Foundation these days. And Frogger's got his surf school business as well. And, um, yeah, there's a handful of kids. And, yeah, a bunch of, like, little surf rats and stuff. And... Good times. So when you grew up, did you have any siblings? Uh, not till I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, what was your home life like? Uh, it was great. Yeah, grew up in this really cool old house. And yeah, just my mom and my dad and my dog, Poppy. And um, yeah, great little neighborhood. And and so your buddies that you just mentioned, that those were like your brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'd yeah, go play with those guys every day after school and play bike ditching and go hang out at Riddle Field and, and, then, and just go down to the beach, really. So when was the first time you got into the ocean, you think, as just a little baby? Or? Well, geez, like my dad was like one of the youngest lifeguards at Huntington Beach at 14 years old. And then my Uncle Rich, like ended up becoming like a U.S. surf champion and stuff back in like 64, I think it was, um, or 67, forget exactly. So yeah, my dad like was into like scuba diving and underwater photography and was like the first guy to get like a scuba license and stuff back in the day. So I was, yeah, eating sand like <laughs> from a baby. <laughs> and all the guys that you hung with pretty much were also surfers. Yeah, like I said, like the Nelson kid, like their dad was a marine biologist and had an ocean venture program. And yeah, it was just like kind of like the perfect, um, perfect storm for Pisces like me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so growing up in Laguna Beach, what was it like back then? Was it like a super 
artistic community even then or was it more just a surf culture kind of community no completely like just yeah 70s hippie like laguna vibe like you see like the skipper this guy who used to skip around laguna all the time um like our neighbors like we're both like gnarly ceramicists and stuff and um so yeah the art was definitely like coming in Whole, I mean, our you know, high school used to be called the artist right, right. stuff back back and <laughs> you, you mean know. the high school football team, the artist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, now it's called the Breakers, I think. Now it's right? the Breakers. Yeah. We always thought artist, not a really tough name for a football no, team. No, but yeah. that's what was the like the the charm of it. it was just kind of like unassuming and yeah, people come in like, oh, we're gonna kick those little gay artists like butts or whatever. <laughs> just like what? <laughs> Um, okay, so growing up here with your mom and dad, um, did you uh, go to the public schools? Yeah, I went to the Presbyterian, like, for preschool, and then uh, Montessori in North Laguna, which was, like, right at the bottom of Jasmine. And then um, after that, I went to a little private school out in the canyon called Tyna. Second grade, I went to Elmora. And, and from Elmora got to into Thurston. The system. Yeah, Thurston to... High school. High school. Yeah. So how do you feel about the public schools here in Laguna Beach? Um, I had fun. Um, <laughs> Good education? Yeah, I mean, it was great. <laughs> like, you get to go and see all your friends every day. And, <laughs> and I liked that part of that. And um, Yeah, I had a good experience with all that. And when I... Uh, I kind of know your family a little bit, and your dad's an amazing dentist. Was he a dentist when you were... A little kid, or did he you watch was, him become yeah. a dentist? No, yeah, he was a dentist. Before that, he was a marine biologist, and he was teaching um, at USC. And then he started dating this gal, and her dad was a dentist. And he saw the just the nice lifestyle he had and um, was like, I'm going to become a dentist. And, and <laughs> so went to dad. dental school at UCLA and was like the first class at UCLA to become a dentist. Okay, so your dad was a pretty ambitious guy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so it sounds like your mom and dad were divorced then if you had a dad who had a, met a new girlfriend. Yeah, that was like when I was around 13, my folks separated. Oh, yeah. And yeah. is the artistic side coming from the mom? Is that where you're getting your artistic? Both sides, really. Um, yeah, my, my, my grandma, my, my dad's mom, yeah, she was a really good, like, kind of fine artist. Um, she had her own, like, hair salon. She was always getting creative. And, yeah, her house up in Seal Beach, where they grew up, um, on 3rd Street up there. Yeah, she had this just rad, just super eclectic, just house, just full artist house. And kind of gaudy stuff, but just... Super fun, just sparkling ceiling and golden dripping oil, like goddess, like um, lamps and stuff like that. And um, and my uncle, like he was an artist, like he had, he used to do jewelry, like um, silver, turquoise jewelry at the Sawdust Festival. And my mom was a good artist and became an interior decorator. And and uh, yeah, she's always been crafty and stuff as well. So yeah, the art was, yeah, everywhere, I guess. And you were in the right town for it, that you are a creative director, which obviously means that you're an artistic person. And um, how do you get your creativity flowing? Are you just inspired by everything around you or 
What inspires your creativity? Yeah, the ocean, Mother Nature. Uh, yeah, like I do like a lot of like kind of event and posters and stuff like that. And uh, that's always just fun because you're, you know, pretty much just making something for a party and having a good time and a little bit of everything. So you'd say you had a pretty happy upbringing. I had a, yeah, really happy upbringing. I'm pretty, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty lucky to. And did you grow up mostly with your dad or your mom or? Uh, It's kind of both. Yeah, my mom stayed in in the uh, Jasmine house. And then, um, but yeah, probably, when was that? My mom moved out of that house, like, I guess that'd be like mid nineties, late later nineties. And she moved out of Laguna, or she stayed. In no, she uh, she connected with my old soccer coach. Um, <laughs> that I hope I, you liked him. That, yeah, that, yeah, um, Alex. He's great. When you were growing up, did you grow up with any politics in the house? I mean, not. I mean, really, like, not. I mean, not a whole lot. I mean, definitely. It was around, but I never really felt like my parents were like too hardcore on that. I think my mother more in more recent years, but yeah, she'll get on the face, or she used to be like on the Facebook and get into like rants with like freaking just no name or people like (laughs) chiming in or whatever. It happened to a lot of us over (laughs) the last few years. And so would you say that family was a little bit more democratic or a little more conservative? Yeah, just kind of like around the 70s and 80s, it was like Lacuna, you know, just kind of on that, you know, pretty pretty liberal kind of, you know, philosophy, it seems like, in those times and everything. All right. And was your um, family religious at all? Um, yeah, my mom, I, I mean, my dad, like, not as much, but I mean, he did, like, used to go, like, he told me, like, to Sunday school and all that, and... Uh, my mom, she brought me up through like, yeah, St. Catherine's. So I go to like CCD and go to church with her on Sundays and did the, the first, you know, communion and, and all that. So and that, because I'm a little bit not, um, so familiar with, is that Catholicism or is that Christianity? Yeah. Catholicism okay. is Christian, part yeah, of Christianity. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because I grew up with a, my dad was Catholic. My mom was Jewish, but my mom had, she ruled the roost. So I got more Judaism. But so First Communion. And so did you carry that Catholicism? Do you carry any religion with you? Yeah, I think Jesus is a good dude. <laughs> had a great message and all that. Um, yeah, I kind of like probably fell a little out of tune with the whole, like kind of the, I don't know, the Catholic kind of ways and and all of that just kind of grew a little probably out of that. But I think, yeah, the whole Christianity part was, you know, it was there. But I think just the, just big church and all that these days all the way around, just kind of another big kind of scam. Do you have any general politics in your home or in your life or any role at all in 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 sly dog's world <laughs> politics yeah well gosh i mean it's just been a pretty crazy shit show the last four or five years i guess and just to navigate through all the information misinformation 
pointing of fingers here and there. Yeah, it's pretty, like, left a pretty bad taste in your mouth just seeing politics just tear friends and families apart. And just all, to me, just, like, seems like a, a bunch of fakery and just a big scam. And, like, all those politicians are on the take and compromised by, you know, who knows what powers that be and stuff and yeah so we always uh, say follow the money right yeah follow the money exactly it's a pretty unfortunate time and so how do you feel i know that you have a brother who's gay how do you feel about this this backslide in rights trans people are being attacked and gay rights are trying to be pulled back and there's just like a lot of you know, turning back the clock on progress that's been made. I mean, even with women right now, you know, um, trying to take away their rights over their own bodies, uh, being a religious, somewhat religious person, how do you feel about those rights being pulled back or people making an effort? To yeah. Um, like I said, it's kind of just seems like it's all just, all these issues are all just set up to just keep dividing the people and stuff. Like, um, it just doesn't, yeah, I mean, be who you want to be, you know, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so tricky to navigate through these times and, and all these, you know, yeah, I guess rights, you know, being taken away and yeah, it's tricky times. I mean, yeah, women are having a rough time. Like everyone's having a rough time. So with your brand of whatever you believe, religion, would you, um, how do you feel about people kind of imposing their religion and their beliefs on others? Uh, I, I personally have a feeling that my relationship with God is my relationship with God and what I do, I have to answer to my higher power once I get there. I don't feel that I have to be responsible for another person's actions or choices. That's just me. And I just, knowing you all these years, you're such a kind of happy-go-lucky person, like loved by the entire community. I've never heard one person say a negative thing about you. You're just like this Thank beautiful you. soul. And I'm so happy that I got to you know, know you over the few years that we've known each other, or the number of years. Um, but are you a live and let, let live kind of person? Or like, where's your philosophy on others' behaviors? What is that? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely hard to see, like, all this on, you know, on the news and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, a lot of it, I just feel like it's just all just kind of fear propaganda, and they're just trying to kind of throw all that on everyone and like keep everyone you know divided and at odds with each other and um so i i try to not like buy into it and you know just try to use like my discernment skills to just kind of navigate like all the kind of just whacked like freaking information that's coming at us you know like 24 7 really and has any of this latest, you know, the last few years, the rhetoric, the, the trying to figure out what's true and what's not, um, the spinning of all the facts. Has 
Has that affected you in your personal relationships or in, in your life at all? Have you been faced with any of that? Yeah, definitely. I think everyone has the last few years and stuff. I mean, yeah, especially with the whole freaking pan pandemic freaking deal. Like it's a yeah, there was yeah rough patches with family and friends and stuff for sure. Just because yeah, I didn't believe a lot of the the rhetoric and and like news and stuff that was you know, being pushed on us, really. So did you get vaccinated? I didn't, no. Did you get COVID? I did eventually. How was it? It was pretty minor. I've been way sicker. Yeah, okay. Um, And you just, are you a kid that grew up, like with your parents having you vaccinated on the way up? Uh, Yeah, I was vaccinated, you know, like when I was a baby and all that. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, they're, and they're like, they come from doctor, like my dad was a dent- dentist. And so, yeah, they were, they're all, yeah, they all got vaccinated and stuff. So yeah, I wasn't really able to go over to their houses and stuff right. for a few holidays and stuff. Um. So what was it that gave you, like made you question the vaccine? I uh, just didn't f- sit right the whole time, really. Okay. Um, it just seemed like another just frickin' deep state frickin' agenda. <laughs> okay. And were you then super careful about not, you know, getting around older people or maybe people who were already a little, you know, compromised health-wise and stuff since you did Yeah, I, I always respect people's space and stuff for sure. And so... Were you still jumping in the water and surfing all through uh, the pandemic? That was the best place to be. It's the healthiest (laughs) place to be. I mean, the ocean is just so good for just breathing and keeping the the salinity in the air. It just helps break down any kind of, you know, mucus and stuff like that in your lungs. um, Okay. And so there were times that the beaches were closed. How did you feel about that when they shut the beaches during COVID? It seems like two or three, I guess, 4th of July's now is like one of the best South Wales we've had in ages. And it was just pristine conditions. And it just made no sense to me at all. Like, <laughs> Oh, was the beach shut on that day? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Everything was it, shut. Yeah, okay. it was crazy. Like, no, they're kicking people like out of the surf and stuff you know and you're just out there with a couple other guys and like they're telling you get out of the water i'm just like this is like people have gone mad yeah so you're you're kind of pissed off during that time or what what'd you feel about Uh, i mean i wasn't like i mean i guess i was a little freaking perturbed like (laughs) i mean yeah it seemed like you were just nonsense Okay, and so did anybody else in the family, older family members, get the get the virus or anything? Did they get the COVID? They, yeah, they all did. Anybody get it pretty harsh, or everybody was? Um, not too bad, really. Uh, my dad got it. Like, I mean, after they had been all vaccinated up and everything, and still got it, and um, yeah, I think they're like five or six jabs in now and stuff, and. So did you think that was a big government overreach? Completely. Okay. And so how do you feel then about the government 
takes me back to women's rights. How do you feel about the government and the Supreme Court rolling back all these abortion rights? Yeah, your body, your deal. Yeah. Same with the jab, like don't force that on people. Right. Except that getting pregnant is not contagious. So I know that you were an instructor, you still are an instructor for a bunch of the, all the kids that come up through Laguna just love you and they all take your, your <laughs> surf classes. And tell me what that's like. Have you noticed, like you, you do get so close, you do get close with the kids, I'd imagine. So have you noticed kids a change in their mental outlook on things? Um, I mean, yeah, the kids at camp, they're usually between like, you know, eight and like 12 and right. stuff. Um, honestly, they're just stoked to be on the beach, just like, and I think that was probably the healthiest thing for them, just to get their mind off of all that, you know, all that fear propaganda that they're just kind of just milking for years now. When you work with these kids, do you ever spot any exceptional talent? Yeah, for sure. That's super fun to watch. And But yeah, you get the other kids too that just parents just throw them into surf camp because they want them to do something cool or fun and this and that, but they just don't really want to be doing it. They all just want to be on their phones like freaking... You must have seen an evolution with that, stuff. too, since you started. Absolutely. Like kids who, who were totally into just being outdoors, and now they're looking at the screen the whole time. That's pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that sucks. They can't like, get away from it. They're just uh, locked into the Matrix, yeah. the Matrix cause it's gnarly. <laughs> right. And so how do you feel about all that social media stuff? Yeah, I try to stay away from it all, and... I mean, obviously, I have a business, a few businesses, and we run, you know, I run those social media platforms and stuff. So I'm definitely posting stuff um, to help fuel the businesses and all that. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, like, kind of, like, turn my phone off. Like, I have that thing, like, not next to my head. Have you always had this like suspicion of the government or is that just in the last few years? Um, no, I think that's been a good, probably 25 year run or so. Probably like right like out of high school and growing up in those 90s, you know, with the whole, yeah, Clinton, you know, and the Lewinsky and that whole like, like show or whatever. But then like all the wars and stuff that were just like, kind of like didn't really need to happen. And it's all just big business, you know, for those politicians and, and their cronies and stuff. Well, I saw that you studied philosophy. So I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get the philosophical perspective from you on. Right, yeah, I kind of like, yeah, probably a bigger kind of look on what's really going on. But yeah, I think just the whole, yeah, the politics and all the wars and all that stuff is just, just part of the machine, you know? <laughs> and how do you feel being that you spend so much time in the water? And I know that you were on um, the NSA national team and when you were a young gun back, back in <laughs> 1987 through 1989. And that was prior to you going to San Diego for your study of art and philosophy. So being a guy who spent most of his life and still does in the water, 
how do you feel about our planet today? Who likes pollution? Who likes all that? Um, I think like all that, you know, Paris Accords and all that stuff. I think that's just a big, another big money-making scam for that. And it's just another fear propaganda to like kind of push on everyone to keep them in fear. And I, mean, I think that's the big agenda is just keep people freaking scared to death and, you know, keep their health like compromised. And yeah, I'm kind of in the, that kind of mindset on that side of things. So do you believe, though, that the planet is heating up or that things are changing atmospherically and environmentally? Yeah. Is it heating up or is it cooling down? Like, I don't. Yeah. See, it's like they don't warming, know. It's like, yeah, it's like the, car it's the, car the carbon footprint and all of that. It's like plants like carbon. They That's what they feed off of. Like, yeah, I think it's just a whole nother just kind of big scam like that they're throwing on all of us. So growing up, was the water cleaner back then or dirtier? I, I feel like it was dirtier. It seemed like I saw way more oil on the beaches and stuff when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Tar on my feet, like so, way more, like, you know, all the time. Um, were there always these oil platforms that you remember growing up? Yeah, I mean, those were out there. And that's, you know, probably had a bit to do with the oil coming to the right. beaches and stuff. I just didn't know if they've expanded because I didn't grow up on the water. But now I live here, I see, I really notice those things. And every time there's an oil spill, it's like, oh, I just go into this depression of like, get it out of the water, you know. But it's interesting that you say that because I feel that the air quality has gotten better. Right. Because when I was a little girl going to school, they'd be like, it's a smog day, you know, uh, don't totally. go outside. And I don't recall my kids having that unless there was like a massive fire and they wanted them, you know, not to breathe in all the crap that was blowing through the air. But um, anyway, so you feel pretty good about the environment. Then. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it's just like, who are the countries really doing that? Like China and India are like the biggest, like, but then like they don't really have to, I guess, pay any of these fees or whatever or I don't so you know. think there needs to be more regulation over those countries? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I know that you travel a lot and mostly chasing waves, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. indeed. Chasing waves and women? <laughs> <laughs> Still looking. <laughs> well, I wanted to know um, where did you grow up into the person you are today? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, I mean, it's just been, I guess, a long time coming. But um, yeah, those early, you know, traveling a lot when I was a kid, just, you know, my dad taking me on trips and exposing me to, you know, places, um, you know, like go down, like when I was like nine, we were going down to Mexico, down to the Yucatan and, you know, climbing the pyramids of Chichen Itza. And, and uh, so, yeah, I've always loved all the kind of the ancient like sites. And um, that's really kind of fascinated me. Like, what's the real story? Like, you know, how old are these, you know, pyramids really? And, and this and that. And then like in 1999, I, I was just like, oh God, I gotta go travel up this Y2K thing's gonna hit. Like, I wanna like go to some of these places. So, I mean, that year was, yeah, awesome year. Like, started out like in Fiji, 
um, surfing over there, um, working on the island as a lifeguard boatman. We had this like really cool crew um, from Peru that had just come through the island who were kind of like the surf royalty of Peru. And um, they're like, come on down, you know? And so we like planned this trip down there and um, they had us like hooked up surfing and everything. And then I've been traveling all those places and everything. And um, yeah, kind of wanting to know our ancient history. Um, because I think that's pretty relevant in these times right now, too. Because, to, yeah, there it, it seems like there was lost technology and stuff, you know, and they were able to, you know, do things that we can't build even to this day. It's just remarkable. With the technology that we're led, you know, that we have and stuff. But I don't know. I believe that we have, like, technology that just isn't, like, publicized and everything as well, too. Okay. And who were your role models coming up? Yeah, who are my role models? Like, I mean, I liked, I mean, there's obviously like the professional surfers and stuff that I looked up to and admire, like Tom Curran and Martin Potter and uh, Mark Ocalupo and like those professional surf types. And Did you but, ever want to go pro? Uh, I was pro oh, for okay. a bit, and um, but then I went to college and kind of just got involved with the art. Kind of lost the competitive drive to be in surf competitions and stuff. What about today? Do you have a very influential person in your life right now? Uh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> um, well, you yeah. wouldn't be alone with that one. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, it seems like the, yeah, the last handful of years have really kind of like tainted a lot of like kind of people that I kind of respected maybe like in the past. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, not I'm sorry about that. I know I've, I've definitely had some uh, run-ins and some breaks with friends and family. It's been kind of sad. But we all have our values and our beliefs, and sometimes they don't align, you know? Kind of happens. I, I think sometimes there's a fork in the road just by evolution, the natural evolution of people. Things change. Hopefully, we can bring people together just by hearing their stories <laughs> and their perspectives and being able to listen with open ears and open minds, you know? So tell me about your DJ career. What is that still happening? Are you still out there making playing music? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I kind of fell into that. Like I just I love music and I love you know your husband's music. I used to, you know, it was like one of my first albums I had was the Stray Cats and stuff. I remember getting for Christmas and stuff. <laughs> remember I had like yeah the Stray Cats and the the, the specials and uh, and the Cure. I had like three albums that winter. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was good. I uh, started helping like promote down at Ocean Avenue Brewery, kind of like I guess early two thousands. And uh, yeah, sometimes the DJs couldn't make it or whatever, and I'm just like, I can do this. Like, what do you? <laughs> let's do this. And um, that's like just at the local clubs or all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, been like doing more recently. I mean, it was weird the last handful of year or you know three years with everything kind of being closed and all that. But uh, yeah, this whole last year it seems like it's really ramped up again and 
Um, yeah, I've been doing some little fun gigs at like the Seahorse Lounge here in Laguna. And What's your main focus of your art right now? Yeah, right now I'm working on some new wine labels actually, coming out with a couple new wines. The wine journey has been super fun. Um, my uh, One of my oldest friends, our dads were dentists out at Alto Marine Base when we were babies. And uh, so yeah, Jeff, Dr. Riptide Farthing um, <laughs> is my partner in the wine business. He's our wine director and maker. And uh, so yeah, I've known him my whole life and he ended up becoming this like multi-award winning winemaker. And um, he had hit me up about 10 years ago and he's like, Sly, I always love your artwork. He's like, I have the opportunity, like we can do like our own like wine company. We can kind of coattail right off the facility that I'm kind of, you know, working at. And uh, let's start on wine company. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So you own a company and does the person who grows your grapes and, and process your wine, do you own that facility too? Or do they manufacture for other labels? Yeah, that's the beauty. Like we just coattail ride off of their facility. Got it. So. <laughs> and as long as he keeps making them award-winning wines, like they're totally cool with his like kind of side project with his bros and stuff. So nice. Um, so yeah, it's like a really kind of perfect kind of situation that we've kind of landed in. And the name of the wine? Uh, purple Corduroy. What's your relationship to wine? Like, did you just grow up with a father who loved wine or did you discover it on your own? Are you? Yeah, my dad did have wine cellars in our houses ever since I was a kid. Um, yeah, he even like had saved some bottles from the year I was born and stuff. So we had those when I was 21. And a lot of these like surf regions where I've gone and traveled are like also epic wine growing regions. Like spent, like lived down in Chile for a while and they got a, a lot of great wine down there. Um, you know, yeah, we were in France and Spain and Italy and there's great wines as you know, but you go down to like, you know, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, they got great wines, you know, as All well, places too. you've traveled to. I love your, your, your passion for travel and for the water. I love the water. I'm not a surfer. It's healing. But, oh, man, is it healing. I mean, there's something about being in the ocean. It's the one time I'm truly present. Like, I can't think of anything else but, but being in the water, when right. I'm in the water, you know? So good. I want to know about the surf culture because I was, you know, I do a little research before I talk to my guests. And, you know, there's like this, this culture of, like, exclusion in some ways. Right, like where it's your turf, it's your community, it's your beach, you know. Um, oh, I've like heard, localism and stuff yeah, and surfing? There's, there's some of that. And then I saw there's a bit of a, a Nazi kind of contingent. No, I mean, I think back, like when I was kind of growing up surfing, um, like in the 80s, like there was like the localism was a lot crazier, like than it is these days. Um, you know, these days, you you know, anything happens, just like lawsuit or whatever, like everyone's just ready to throw, you know, call the cops and throw a lawsuit on it. But um, no, you don't, I don't know. I feel like the whole localism and all that isn't like really as relevant as it used to be back in the day. And and you'd think it'd be more because there's just more people surfing and, and uh and yeah, places around here are definitely a little more crowded and stuff. 
Um, but no, I mean, there's just kind of a natural like pecking order, you know, when you're out in those kind of like crowded, you know, places like Trestles or something like that or Salt Creek. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know who the locals are. They're getting more waves than, you know, the people who are kind of new to the game and stuff like that. And So uh, do you think it's just like people getting a little perturbed because it's getting more crowded and this is where they grew up surfing and it's kind of like, this is my beach or like, or is it more just yeah, hey, more the merrier? Really, yeah, I don't really see that as much these days. To tell you the truth, do you think it's it was just, more a youth? I think it's just more accept. Like people are more accepted actually in the water. Like they don't, because I mean, you get a lot of just really incompetent surfers out there, and you know they're not getting like kicked out of the water or anything by any locals or anything. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, like I'd be like down at Thelia, and like the older guys who you know more experienced surfers would. They'd see like some guys coming down the stairs at Thelia and they'd just be like, beat it, kids, just like yelling from the water. And like the guys would be making halfway down the stairs and then they would like walk back up. Oh, like, so it was <laughs> territorial. Like, it was territorial, but not so much anymore. Yeah, I don't see so that good. anymore. So in the surf world, there's more, it's more community spirited, I'm imagining. And in yeah, the, in no, the, I think the surf community is pretty, pretty awesome. How is it positively? impacted you yeah i mean wherever you travel it's like you have that like like-minded like friend you know that's a surfer and and that's you know given me the chance to go stay in all these wonderful places with you know really fun and cool wholesome people who are into nature and the ocean and you know good fun and food and friends and family really i always think of you as a guy who just loves life yeah. It's a really cool thing. And you always have a smile on your face. <laughs> How are you such an optimistic person? What do you think drives that? I don't know. I just, I guess I just try to keep myself entertained <laughs> most of the time and everything. And if I'm feeling good, like if you take care of yourself and you're feeling good, I feel like then the people around you are going to be happy and, you know, and, and feeling good as well, too. And I think you really got to kind of take care of yourself first. That might sound a little selfish and stuff, but if like you're struggling through things, you know, then people are going to like see that and they're going to like, you know, see the uneasiness or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I try to keep things just in the, yeah, fun, positive frame of mind, I guess. Beautiful. <laughs> It's contagious, definitely. <laughs> just just looking at your face makes me want to smile. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but and that's how I feel whenever I run into you. You never really wanted to move out of Laguna, right? Well, I kind of have lived. I mean, I went to San Diego State and lived down in San Diego for a number of years. I lived up in Hermosa Beach for about a year with, with Taylor. He was like my roommate at the time. He was trying oh, and to, I'm so sorry about your friend Taylor. And how how long were you guys friends just to stop for yeah like probably since we were like probably like 12 i think it was 12 like 12 and 13. he passed away how long ago now just over a year now yeah so taylor hawkins was a good friend of stevens since they were 12 years old taylor was the drummer in the band the foo fighters and he died just over a year ago. He was like healthy, like he hadn't really been doing drugs in years, like since he had that scare back in 20 plus years ago. And when he went into the coma? 
Right. Right. And uh, yeah, so other than that, he was just super healthy, like mountain biking and chiming three hour shows. And um, no, yeah, he would smoke a little pot here and there and, you know, have a Coors Light after a show or maybe a couple of tita. He liked the Tita's and soda, I guess. But uh, yeah, other than that, he was like super fit and really really sorry great musician cool guy how are you and your crew all doing with that now a year and a half later just missing him or yeah i mean it's still hard you see it always just kind of pop up on your social media feeds and this and that and um yeah it was a bummer What's your next trip coming up? Where where are you where are you going next? This year is like the first time I've traveled in like three years, basically. Like, um, cause yeah, it was hard to navigate that during the whole pandemic. Pandemic. I hear you calling it the pandemic. So you actually think it was a, it was a plan, to have a pandemic. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion <laughs> here on Democratic, and I respect your opinion. How do you feel or do you feel anything about the political landscape in America today? Yeah, I think it's completely broken and uh, both sides are just kind of just compromised at the core. And um, yeah, I think it's just all kind of a, just a lot of bullshit fakery really. And they're just kind of like puppets, it looks like. So where do you get your news? I mean, I all of all the channels or whatever, and and you know, and yeah, because like whatever, they're all like saying the same thing, but one's you know got one side and one's got the other. But at this at the end of the day, they're both just kind of spewing out the the same just fear of propaganda that you know keeps the the people's in control, you know? So I guess I was asking what's up and coming for your future travel. Um, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> ready to pull the trigger. Well, I got my surf school coming up in like mid-June. That starts for 10 weeks. So um, I'll be busy with that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be back um, in Fiji like in the fall, probably like October, November, maybe some in December. Um, helping out down on the island down there. Uh, yeah, maybe I was just down in Costa Rica, down in Pavones, where I love to surf. Um, I might go back down there in a couple of weeks for a few weeks before um, I go back to work at the surf camp. And so when you're traveling around, and I'm not going to keep you that much longer, but when you are traveling around, what does it make you feel about the cultures and the and the political environments in these other places. Do you still think, or do you, I don't know if you still think or if you ever thought, but does it still make you say America is the greatest place in the world? Um, yeah, America is definitely the best in the world. Come on. Right. <laughs> Even through this shit storm we've had the last four years or so. Because um, you're an American boy. How many yeah. generations? Both sides way back? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we had like I'm like we had these like old like historical like books on America and there was like a kind of famous chew house in uh 
in, I think it was Washington or whatever, and DC or back in the like 1700s and stuff wow. like that. So you're American boy, you've been all over the place, you're deep American guy, um, <laughs> and you still think America is the greatest place even with all this conspiracy theory and, I mean, not conspiracy theory, some people say it's a theory, some people say it's truly conspiracies. Um, I'm kind of straight up, just find my facts in the best place possible and go with it. But um, what what do you find the people feel about America out there when you're out there traveling around? Is it universally loved or do people just yeah, want to I get mean, here? Yeah, definitely like interested and stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, you still, you know, in Mexico, you get the gringo, like typical, whatever. But I mean, everyone's, you know, super nice. I mean, I think it, it's just how you present yourself and and how you, you know, honor respect and stuff to the locals and everything like that. And I think that's the great thing about surfing, too, is just it does take you to all these, you know, awesome places and you get to meet these incredible people and their culture and and you have to be like open, you know, to that. You can't really be a racist and go travel really. Like never met like a really any racist that's a traveler. So the political landscape in America today, you you feel what's 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 your what's your biggest issue out there in what's going on with, with politics? Yeah, it just seems like it's broken and the other side's just, they just keep pointing the finger at each other's and it's just, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just broken. I just think all those politicians are just compromised people, really. Like, I think, I think, yeah, like blackmail is like a relevant thing, like in, in politics. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I think just the bureaucracy and all of the politics and it's just a big money making like kind of scheme. And so how do you think it can be fixed in your humble opinion? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like, gosh, it has to really break <laughs> completely. Just to start up, to start up. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I just know that it just it never, ever sits right with my discernment skills right. on, on, you know, whenever I hear any of those kind of puppeteers talking. Do you think maybe it's time, and I was talking to some younger generations, you know, because how old are you now? Uh, 52 now. What? <laughs> no, I was like, you were so much younger than me. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, and I'm up there in my 50s too. So I talking to younger people, I just, I feel like they're just, they're, they're wishes that there's some more youth in office, you know, like it's time to, to hand the baton down to the next generation. I would like to see a fresh crop, you know, of young you know, forward-thinking people. For me, that that would be my hope for for sure for what's going forward. But um, I just am stoked that you're here to tell me about your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's Hi. been fun hanging Hi. out. Take care. God bless. <laughs> this episode of Democratic was hosted by me, Deborah Drucker. It was edited by Juan Sanson and produced by Lee Rocker and Chloe Cassins. Thank you to our engineers. Adam Burt and Hunter McKellar for making me sound good. 
Our amazing music was performed by Amy Nelson and Kathy Guthrie of Folk U. Be sure to rate and review this episode wherever you listen to podcasts. For more Deborah Craddock, check out DebraCraddock.com and our Instagram at Deborah Craddock. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-H Craddock. Like Democratic. Until next time. Political.